0: Welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host Carden Ellis with Cody the Oracle. Hey everybody. And you know, usually we don't pay attention to too many claims that somebody should resign, somebody should resign, because there's always an opposition party saying the person in power needs to resign for some stupid and oblivious reason. But in this case, the calls for Tom Perez's resignation are ringing resoundingly clear, especially in lieu of the evidence that we are about to show you. It is overwhelming. It is incredible. And it's actually almost to a point where the shamelessness of it all is kind of impressive in its own right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like At this point, the train ruck's getting so big, bad, and beautiful that it's going to hit a million views on YouTube in the next 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying?
1: So um, anyway, Cody, tell us what is going on. Um I guess first we'll we'll take a, a trip down memory lane to uh, the far distant past of just a few hours before the Iowa caucus uh, Iowa caucuses were scheduled to begin. We've obviously been talking a ton about the Iowa caucuses the last few days because, oh man, has it been frustrating? But. I forgot to bring this up, so just before just before the, and if you can go back and watch the previous videos if you haven't caught up yet, the um, absolute train wreck and disaster, which has actually done considerable damage to the credibility of the Democrats, and probably considerable damage to the credibility of their primary process as it continues, Tom Perez released a Medium article, and I, I wanted to show you guys the tweet first, then we'll go through the Medium article, and then we'll get into some of the stuff going on, but this was tweeted out by Democratic Party. Words of Tom Perez, this Medium article is an op-ed written by Tom Perez. And he says, for three years, we have been preparing for the process that officially kicks off tonight. Tonight being in Iowa a couple days ago. The Democratic presidential primary today. Our chair, Tom Perez, reflects on the reforms we've made to make this the most transparent primary in our history. I just want to I just want to remind everybody the most uh, transparent primary of our history. I believe, as of recording, we're still waiting for roughly 30% <laughs> of the results from this from this primary that happened a couple we've days ago. We've got 72. It bumped up from no, 71 75, to 75. 72. Oh, to 75. I apologize. I, I believe, as of recording, maybe higher. I doubt it. So. A lot of people, obviously, were unhappy with this, uh, including campaigns. I want to grab this little, um, now this, of course, we're referring to the Iowa Democratic Party in this little story right here. But I just want to give you an idea of, during Iowa, this was a particular nightmare scenario that jumped out to me I wanted to keep in mind. And this was, um, I want to make sure I got it right here. After after they made their first statement, the Iowa Democrats, about what was going on and the fact that they said there was no actual, there we go, something for right here. So, around 10:26, the Iowa Democratic Party issued a, issued a statement. Uh, a little bit later, the state party tried to brief the campaigns in a phone call. It did not go well as party officials mostly reiterated reiterated their public statements that the delays were related to issuing three metrics per precinct for the first time. Party officials hung up after being pressed for more by the campaigns, according to two people on the call. And by the way, after these party officials hung up on these uh, campaigns, I believe most of them already were on their way to New Hampshire and the rest were basically saying good riddance for out right of here. So. Yeah. Again, this is Iowa, but the reason why a lot of this is coming back down on Tom Perez is this isn't the first bad thing that's—the first bad look. So Newsweek put together a pretty interesting article here. We're going to go through a couple things here, as well as the more— what interests me probably more than the fact that, because, well, I said, he's, Tom Perez doesn't oversee the Iowa Democratic Party and how they do things. He is the head of the DNC. And he does have some influence, and he could have been a little bit more proactive in making sure what happened didn't happen. But check this out. So, Tom Tom Perez resigned trends as 2020 Democrats accused DNC chair, chair of changing rules for Mike Bloomberg's benefits. An article from yesterday, but these changes, I believe, happened last late last week. I think it was part of the Friday News Dump. By the way, we changed the debate rules. So as the Iowa caucuses descended into chaos on Monday due to inconsistencies in reporting results, ouch, Perez faced scrutiny over the DNC's announcement that it would no longer require 2020 Democratic presidential candidates to meet any donor requirements in order to participate in debates. While the decision was billed as a way to open up the debate stage to more candidates, 2020 hopefuls were quick to catch on that the rule change was part of a particular benefit to one competitor, Bloomberg, who has refused to accept donations, opting to funnel millions of dollars from his own fortune into his campaign instead. In a statement published on Twitter, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren condemned the rule change, and they mentioned that many candidates condemned the rule change here. Uh, again, just to reiterate what was going on was, in order to qualify for the debate, you had to have a certain threshold, I think a couple hundred thousand individual donors. And as Michael Bloomberg was accepting donations from nobody, he had zero unique donors. Now, Tom Perez dropped that in the DNC, leading to it. So oh, and, one, and
0: did it benefit anybody in particular? Yeah, Michael Bloomberg no, clearly was a oh, beneficiary. Oh, okay. The
1: oligarch, the wealthy one. Okay. Yeah. Well, because was one more story, and then we'll, we'll get into more of the fun stuff here. But one more little thing I want to pull up. So, this oh, was a story so. that I believe broke today. Now, this is from sludge.com. I am a read sludge. I believe it is. I'll have the link. I have not read a ton of stuff from here, but... For the most part, a lot of the stuff I haven't seen super refuted, so I want to go through it. It says, uh, Bloomberg surrogates have seats on DNC's rules committee. Oh. Uh, I wonder if any of those people had any say in the fact that there's no longer a uh, donor threshold. Now, Tom Perez, in his own words- The one
0: measurable quantifier that he lacked in order to make it onto the debate stage. Oh, yeah. He didn't even bother getting donor thresholds. Or even starting doing a Tom Steyer. Because don't forget, Tom Steyer was spending seven to one to get one dollar of donors in order to qualify with the donor threshold. He was spending up to seven dollars and was dumping tens of millions of dollars into his campaign. Bloomberg, who already knew the corrupt system, was like, I'm not even going to mess with that. In fact, I'm going to say that I'm just self-funding and whatever because
1: I can go get him to change the
0: rules because I got him. I got him. Well, here's the you interesting know. thing,
1: right? Because to that, as you, to your point... And the uh, word the lead here, they say after DNC, Tom Tom Perez unilaterally changed the February 19 rules. That is hair. That's hilarious. Just from the top down, we're changing it. Dude, Tom tire should be pissed. I mean, how much has he dumped? Yeah, for the unique
0: donors, exactly. For the unique donors, twenty million. Well, uh, hey, um, I mean, that's a twenty
1: million dollar yeah. corruption hit that hits Tom okay, Steyer, not Bloomberg. But okay. well, I want to get to the actual interesting thing about okay. this. Okay. Which is that now we're finding that, uh, again, this is reported by Sludge, I believe, that two campaign surrogates for the Bloomberg campaign are now finding themselves in a position to propose changes to the superdelegate voting rules for hmm. the July DNC convention. Now, people, a lot of people are asking us for a while about the confusion about what's going on with these superdelegates. In the past, they had were basically at-large delegates to be assigned to whoever they wanted to assign them to. And I think it made up, they said, roughly 14-15% of the delegates. So... What they're going to do now in 2020, I believe, is um, if... uh, Sorry, these social media things are in the way. I want to make sure I can read this correctly for you guys. But essentially what they're going to do is they're not going to appoint any superdelegates at first. However, if they can't come to a consensus after the first vote at the... uh, at the convention, they will then go back to having super delegates. on. So oh. all they have to do is get draw a stalemate, whether it's a real one or not, it's a manufactured one or a legitimate one, and the super delegates could be back and play. What but do you is,
0: bet? What do you bet? Yeah, but this they is end what up was, being at a stalemate and have to call them.
1: But listen to this then. Michael Nutter, the former mayor of Philadelphia, who was a member of the Standing Rules and Bylaws Committee, was selected by Bloomberg on December 19th to serve as his campaign's national political chair. Why you have... Why- I, I, now, maybe he has, but I've done some research. I haven't found it myself. Please, I hope I'm not too wrong on this, but why doesn't Michael Nutter have to step down as a member of the Rules and Bylaw Committee the same day he accepts to be a candidate for president's national political chair? And it was not just Michael Nutter. They also go through and, and they mention... Um, Another individual down here, a, a Alexander Rooker, who is a Rules Committee member and a superdelegate from California who was hired as a senior advisor to the Bloom, Bloomberg campaign last month. Rooker, was previously a lobbyist for the Communication Workers of America, is a vice chair of the California Democratic Party. And we now see DNC Chairman Tom Perez nominated Rooker to serve as a vice chair of the 2020 DNC at a DNC, wow, a lot, of the, a lot of the use of DNC, executive committee meeting last weekend. That is crazy to me. Now, the way I understand this is Michael Bloomberg hires Alexandra Rooker. A couple yeah. of weeks pass. Tom Perez um Don Perez annoys, uh, nominates her to serve as the vice chair of the twenty twenty national convention rules committee. So there we go. There we go. That's just one incomplete i can do a five-hour video if i had enough time to research and all the nonsense we've had from tom perez but i just want to give you guys a hint of what's the last 24-hour news cycle around tom perez uh he i didn't know this i just till today nominated somebody who was literally just hired to be a lobbyist or just hired to be a senior advisor for the michael bloomberg campaign nominates them to serve on the Rules committee as a vice and chair. And he was
0: previously a lobbyist There's for she, the, whatever transportation or for the communication workers of America, vice chair of the California Democratic Party. Oh, you can't touch anything yeah. in the California Democratic Party. Again, you know as a you're getting solution. a corruption case. Oh, my gosh. That's like saying, oh, in the 30s, you know, we we hired, <laughs> you know, this, this guy from Chicago who who ran uh, alcohol distillery for medicinal uses, though. He was only selling to pharmacies, we promise.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, please. Well, how about this? What's, what's Nobody good? could
0: take that seriously.
1: Let's hear this from Tom Perez himself. Because I wanted to show you guys all that, and then I wanted to go back to the Medium article. This is basically the press release that Tom Perez issued through the Democratic Party just ahead of the Iowa caucuses. That's how he closes it out. I think it's fitting with everything we've seen. Okay. I am exceptionally proud of the reforms the Democratic Party has made to fulfill our promise to our voters and rebuild their trust in our party. These changes are all about the future. They're about growing our party, uniting our party, and earning the trust of committed Democrats like you. I can't say this enough. The new DNC is doing things differently. Oh my God, they are. We've passed the strongest reforms to our party in decades. And because of this work, we're poised to take back our democracy in November and win elections up and down the ballot for years to come. Here we stand, what, 72 hours later, and Tom Perez should resign is trending on Twitter. Or Tom Perez resign. People are calling for the resignation. I mean, and look
0: what he says. He says, rebuilding the trust in our party. I mean. They totally screwed Bernie Sanders.
1: Yeah, or They're in the process of doing it again right now.
0: And, oh, yeah, this could be the second one. I, I mean, I don't know, other than... I mean, if our media weren't so biased towards the left, the Democrat Party's incompetence level could not survive. they go the way of the Whigs. You know what I'm saying? They would go the way of the Whigs. And this is actually the reason why I love the progressive movement that's kind of pulled up. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, you you, you joke and you laugh and you smirk because oftentimes the doctrine of the progressive left I fight against... But really, it's progressives that are opening a lot of mainstream Democrats' eyes to the actual corruption of the mainstream Democrat establishment. Without Bernie getting screwed in 2016, uh, we couldn't say as Republicans, look, dude, literally, now they're doing it to themselves. Like, they're done doing it to us. And this unholy alliance between the the, the media and the establishment Democratic Party Um, That we've been calling evil for years has always been able to be dismissed as partisan bickering until they started doing it to their side now, too. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I I think he should because it's not good. Like you need I want more parties. I don't want less. I don't want to see the Democrats tank. I just want to see them be better. I'd rather have two solid smart parties.
1: But here's the thing, man, like with with Tom Perez in particular, again, I want to just walk through this. What happened here? Okay. Recently with Tom Perez in the last few days. He's in a bunch of nonsense. I want want to also keep in mind that Tom Perez uh, swore up and down, swore up and down, that focus on impeachment would not distract away from the party's internal focus on the primary and that it would not lead to what we've seen today. Anyway, I want to to just walk through this again. So once again, because I make sure people understand this, two individuals who are working in this rules and bylaws committee for the DNC are being paid by Michael Bloomberg and have been for some period of time. One of these, after being paid by Bloomberg, was then appointed to the vice chair of this role for the 2020 primary season. I want to, this is, you know, one report of what it was like backstage or behind the scenes when this was done. So check this out. So last week, the DNC eliminated the individual donor threshold for candidates to qualify for future debates, paving the way for Bloomberg to appear at the next debate, which will be held in Las Vegas. The change came directly from Perez and the Rules and Bylaws Committee members did not, from the Rules and Bylaws Committee, members did not give any input or hold a vote. I'm wow. oh, sorry. I have to walk this back. I, I. Ooh, commas man the rule came directly from Perez and the rules and bylaws committee members didn't give any input or even hold a vote according to people close to the matter sources reported the decision was announced without a roll call vote of the around 430 DNC national members most of who learned about the change for the first time in the media so like I said these people aren't even being consulted on these things Tom Perez wow. is just making these decisions so that, that's what I wanted to highlight because there's I was confused a little bit because so many things but it, it isn't even that like these people that Bloomberg has hired aren't necessarily doing anything yet Tom Perez is just bending the rules of bloomberg already and now they're being brought in on top of it
0: and by the way look at who he beat out leading dnc members have been critical for the party's commitment to transparency and its ethic policy for lobbyists under perez who beat out progressive rep keith ellison in february 2017 you know the guy that was convicted of abuse of beating his girlfriend so the dnc is choosing right now between the wife beater And the oligarch's friend who just unilaterally changes the rules in a party who now has a Supreme Court statement saying they don't need to fulfill campaign promises of transparency. That's literally what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a party who has gone to court to defend their right that they don't have to live up to what they tell the public they're going to do. And the Supreme Court has said, effectively, yes, since you're just a private party, uh, these are kind of just like campaign promises. You're not an actual like governmental organization. You're not a department of energy. You're not a department of education. Therefore, your claims of transparent elections are more of like an election promise than they are, uh, you know, an actual policy, uh, a, a policy, not prescription. That's not the right word. An actual hard set policy. Come on. You, you, how how would you better describe, Cody, the, the lawsuit of 2016?
1: Well, I just I mean, I don't want to
0: you scowling over there like I, like the I just it. Remem- or something. The
1: way I remember it, while well, the DNC did attempt to argue that, the court did not accept that argument and said that is not true. People do have a reason to expect you to provide fair and balanced results. But Debbie Wasserman told had to resign for election interference. Like That was a crap argument they gave, and the court said, excuse me, this is a crap argument. You, you're not allowed to no, tell us. No, but you've
0: mentioned. what? What is it that you mentioned about that? That you is you literally said-
1: what I mentioned. They argued it in court because they th- that's what they tried to get away with, and the courts came back to him and said, sorry, not good enough. Because it isn't. There's some adults in this world. I mean, I, I don't want much more to say on this other than Tom Perez has so far overseen a DNC that has basically ruined... The, he's overseen a period of the DNC where the credibility of the party is getting shattered. Why? Well, incidents like Iowa, where this happens, doesn't help. Incidents like Michael Bloomberg going to be showing up on the debate stage even though he wasn't on the ballot in any of the states leading up to that debate because he didn't feel like it was worth running in Iowa... Basically said, hey, I joined late. I won't. I won't run in Iowa. I won't run in New Hampshire. I won't run in Nevada. I won't run in South Carolina. I'll run in California. I'll run in Texas. I'll run in New York. And what is Tom Perez doing? Just facilitating it. Sounds good to me, Mike. Don't even bother showing up to Iowa. Don't even bother taking donations. Don't even bother. As far as I know, the DNC hasn't even pressured Michael Bloomberg to like, you know, give up a little bit of his uh, media company he owns. You know what they do instead? I'll show sure you guys this. You know what they do instead? What they do instead for Michael Bloomberg and, and the Bloomberg uh, website is they run this in the bottom of their articles. Disclaimer, Michael Bloomberg is also seeking the Democratic nomination for president. Bloomberg is the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg News. That's what they do instead. One Has there been a word from Tom Perez on this yet? I don't think so. I think Tom Perez is fine with it. Could you imagine? I mean, they go after Donald
0: Trump's failed steak company. They go after Donald Trump's failed Trump University things that haven't existed for over a decade, and then the only thing they require for the billionaire oligarch to buy his way into an election and then change the rules of the election so he can participate in the debates that he was ruled out of earlier, the only thing that's required for the billionaire, who, by the way, uh, I think has 10 times the personal wealth of Donald Trump, Michael Bloomberg's uh, I think Donald Trump's a five billionaire. Michael Bloomberg's estimated worth is between fifty and a hundred billion. He's super rich. So it, it's like, so their oligarch who dwarfs the wealth of of the Republican billionaire, you only need a three-line parenthetical at the end of uh, at the end of uh the news cycle. But they're dredging up crap from a failed stake endeavor. Oh yeah. On Donald Trump. I mean this This is literally outrageous insanity. And I don't know any organization that would hold on to a guy like this. If this were an NFL team, or if this were the Lakers, dog, and and the failure was this abysmal.
1: If you're, I'm I'm gonna. Would he,
0: he as a coach get fired? What? Name
1: name an organization that tolerates this. These are things. Not even the losing at a certain point. Uh, If you lose, it's frustrating. It's when you start diminishing the reputation of the brand is when it gets to the point where, guess what? I've seen people online speaking in reference to the Democrats, looking around saying, I don't really know if this is the party I want to. I think it was Crystal Ball who tweeted that. Why would Bernie Sanders ever be a Democrat? Why would he ever want to join this? People always ask, why is Bernie still an independent? I Maybe mean, because he sees what the Democrats are. Why would he even want to join that? It's, it, it, once it gets to the point where people don't trust the company you represent, because you rep- because of like the actions of you... It's time to go. It's time for Tom Perez to go. I mean, this this, this story by Sludge, if this is all true, again, I'll have to, I haven't independently obviously vetted any of this, but I agree for the most part. This sounds like the things they're writing in here aren't made up. It's when someone was hired as press releases for this stuff. It's crazy to me. I mean, the fact that Tom Perez can appoint somebody who's being paid by Michael Bloomberg, but a week after they get hired by Michael Bloomberg, according to this timeline, what, a week or two after they hire this individual? they just get nominated by Tom Perez to be the vice chair of the rules committee it's like
0: mm, what do you know
1: it, it's just like wh- it's like what's Sim the, City yeah this a, is literally like Sim City yeah, if
0: you were trying to cheat
1: but he's like even if it's <laughs> even if it is just above board and people being idiots it doesn't matter anymore it looks like they're cheating at a certain point it doesn't matter if you're cheating it looks like you are it looks like you're lying it looks like you're not telling the truth it looks like you're trying to rig things for Michael Bloomberg for some reason and it doesn't matter what the truth is anymore because this is the appearance. Damn. I don't know what Tom Perez could do to salvage the reputation of his era of the DNC. I don't know what he could do. I Just really call
0: everybody racist. That's what they do. But what do you If mean you they, don't like me, what it's because you you're mean?
1: racist. That's what they do. I have no idea what this individual can do for <laughs> the things he stood for. I don't know. I don't know how you make up for this. Because guess what? This big flowery thing he wrote on Medium about how we've been preparing three nights. They prepared three nights for the biggest caucus disaster in years. That's what they prepared for. As we sit here, I don't believe we have the full result. I'll do one last check. I'll do one last check to see if we're still still looking at partial results. Almost 48 hours later, we're looking at partial results. Yep, 75% of precincts still we're looking at. Jeez. It is 3 p.m. local time. At this point,
0: you could have just, just remember, and this is the last thing I'll say before we uh, end the podcast, Uh, in Broward County, where the crazy lady with better hair than Bernie Sanders runs things, you know what I'm saying? They literally, by this time, last election cycle, when it was real controversial, had effectively done two recounts on paper ballots. I mean, these people keep saying that, oh, you know what? Don't worry about the app because our paper trail, yeah, it's solid. Nothing's been hacked. No, it's all transparent. Oh, really? Where's your first count? Then your recount. Then the second recount. Because the people we thought were the bottom of the barrel boneheads in Broward County, Florida, had already executed two solid recounts. You know what I'm saying? within the first 36 hours, and we're on, like, their third recount with all the candidates in the news organizations staring over their shoulders, literally, like, you know, practically, you're not allowed to actually see the ballots because there's information on them. You know what I'm saying? But th- th- you literally, if you would have had a 4K camera, been able to read the names on the papers themselves in real time on CNN. You know what I'm saying? It's like...
1: I think there was someone, I forgot, I feel bad. I was trying to find them. So I, oh, I think I said right here. Someone had a great tweet on this. Okay. I thought it was funny. I think you'll get a kick of this, too, Cardin. and Matt Blaze individual, don't know okay. a lot about him, but this was my favorite take on the Iowa caucus. I'll do one more little one that's dunk on it. He said, a system where the vote is taken by literally having people stand around in groups is apparently being disrupted by a software failure. Yeah. That's Tom Perez's DMC. <laughs> that's how they're doing things. It's not going to be the last time this happens, too. Wait, is already. Say that one more time. Put that up one more time. So, a system where the vote is taken literally by having people stand around in groups is apparently being disrupted by a software failure. <laughs> and how naive he was. That was 7.50 p.m. on the 3rd of February. Here we sit, 1 p.m. the 5th of February, with very little more info than we had then. So. Oh, that is too funny. That is so good. And, you know, we've held on to this.
0: We've held on to this. We've waited. We've waited. And we've been patient. But the 62% of reporting coming out of Iowa in these whole 24 hours has really only converted into 72% of reporting. And I have not really found the adjectives to describe the um, pathetic shamefulness, the disappointment. Actually, almost enthusiasm for finally the world seeing what I've thought of Democrats the whole time. But that's just my partisan bingery. Um, It's actually been really unfortunate for the candidates, too, because the whole reason, I mean, in 1976, I think, was when Jimmy Carter kind of made the strategic decision that hey I'm going to jump on the Iowa train and just try and build some headlines and hopefully those hopefully those headlines carry me for the, through the other states and it strategically worked in fact it works so well that that's kind of been the the standard practice and the whole reason why uh Andrew Yang, pete Buttigieg, well not so much joe biden and um bloomberg but all of the candidates that invest so much time and energy in iowa trying to charge up the base in iowa paying for interns to come to iowa the whole reason why they even go is in order to get those media headlines but now everything's been drowned out by everything from the state of the union to nancy pelosi ripping up the <laughs> you know ripping up the speech to rashida talib running out and so on and so forth All of that work has gotten zero headlines. One person's declared himself a winner, but the hashtag following him around is cheating. I mean, I don't even know how to describe what's going on, Cody. How how do you intro this when there's like seven headlines and emotions
1: happening at once? Um, well, I mean, I think the big thing here, so I guess the first thing we'll do, let's take a look at what these 71% of reported precincts are showing us, right? So, yeah. again, just a quick recap, the Iowa caucus had a, a major reporting error with a brand new app they were using. We can talk about that for probably a couple hours. However, bottom line is we are now coming up on, what, like 72 hours, 48 hours since the vote now? It's a couple days. And they have announced seventy-two per, 71% of precincts. So. We're going to take a little bit of a look at what these 71% of precincts are reporting. But then we're also going to talk about why this is the case. Because, honestly, I don't even really want to look at these numbers because they are incomplete. But here we go. There's something important. Well, and also
0: because you and I have sat through elections when 97%, 98%, 95% of these precincts were reporting and then it got flipped. Yeah, because it's not done. Like on election day, Dante Acosta had won. By early voting, Dante Acosta had won. Within three days later, all of these magical ballots were found, and then Christy Smith won, who's running against Cenk Uger now. Or er, I- Unger, or whatever his name is. Enthralling, man. But yeah. um,
1: but moving on to what's going on in front of us, so let's take a look at the actual results. And what's crazy is you see, I think it's not too crazy. I've been saying for a while, actually I changed my mind on this. I don't know why I did. For a while, I was saying people are just probably win Iowa. Well, it looks like according to the incomplete results that were rushed out, because they're not ready, so clearly these are rushed out in front of us, we see that Pete Buttigieg is leading when it comes to state delegates. Now, I believe the popular vote Sanders would be ahead. Again, of these reported, uh, it could have changed maybe in the last couple hours. Now, taking a look at our boy Yang here at 1.1 percent with 16 state delegates. Not good. However, uh, I do expect, and I do expect that number to go up and. He's still kind of in the running for what I was thinking is best case scenario for him, which is kind of a—I don't want to say a fluke, but a overperformance in one particular county. Like yeah, he just make one of those delegates, one of those forty-two, just like he did good in this county for whatever reason. Just and If he can do
0: that, he'll be doing what all of the other lower-tier candidates couldn't do.
1: Yeah, well, just something to put on yeah. your to put on your resume when you go to these people and you're support of in a few months to win the thing. I mean, it's important to keep in mind this. Iowa primary rep, Iowa, the caucus represents like 1% of the delegates. Like it's in the grand scheme of things, it's only important for the momentum you get. It's not only really important for what the physical amount of delegates you win, it's more important for the momentum and the boost you get from it. And I think Andrew Yang going to Iowa straight up grassroots on the ground and making that one, it'd be good for him. Now, as we're sitting right now, looks like that will not be the case. However, there still is almost a third of the districts to report because Here's the thing. You could say, "Oh my god, over 70% have reported." It's a really clever way of saying almost a third haven't, which just could change things a lot. Um, there's actually a picture floating around. Let's see if I can pull it up. Uh, where somebody was comparing the districts that have not reported yet with where Andrew Yang was on his bus tour. And I thought it was kind of interesting. You could definitely see that there is some overlap in the districts. Now, the Bernie crowd has been showing that the, a similar graphic that the unreported districts of the districts Bernie would be winning. So I don't want to. everyone saying that these, you know, and, and until the unreported districts are reported, everyone's going to be saying, hey, could be good for us. But this is the thing think we want to talk about. So the fact that they released, and I can't find the picture yet. I'll try to pull it up in a minute. But the fact that they released these incomplete results to me is really... I don't want to say shameful, but it shows they aren't ready. I'd rather have nothing than 71% because this, all this is going to do, all this is going to do, and this is what we've seen already, we have headlines like this. How Pete won. I don't know what he won. He's winning, I guess, by early reports, but how Pete won. His success in Iowa is a template for victory in November. It's only – sorry, move it. Let me move it down so you can see. This is from a slate.com, but it's – it's just so bizarre to me. It's this is, and I guess it's not bizarre because that's what I'm trying to say. This is why well, they we do pegged
0: that. it the night out. No, but
1: this is why you rush out the results because hey, P one. It doesn't. It, remember, like I said, you get one percent of the delegates from Iowa. One percent. It doesn't matter who actually wins. Who gets this media cycle? Who gets to beat their chest and say this is how I won Iowa. This is how we're gonna take it. Who gets to do that? It doesn't matter if you get thirty six or twenty one delegates. Realistically, who gets that? You know, that push, who gets that momentum? and it looks like Pete's gonna just grab it and run with it, like you said, just because they were irresponsible in how they ran this. Well, how about this charitably irresponsible? <sighs> I, I'm getting to the point where when I look at all one hundred percent of these results released, I not gonna lie. I don't know what they could show me where I wouldn't question the results. I don't know what outcome can come from hundred percent where I wouldn't say, okay, clearly they got it right. I like it's They've called everything into question, and we've done exactly one vote in this primary. Well, but but we've kind of already
0: experienced this with ballot harvesting in California, wouldn't you say? Not really, no. What do you mean not really, no? Nobody trusts our elections in California anymore knowing that three, four, five days later, somebody can magically find thousands of ballots that were supposedly harvested in uh, a, a retirement villa and you know, uh, some poor community—the person just didn't report, but now they're good, and it and it pushes the person over. We're going over, brother. You know what I'm saying?
1: But like, but that, I mean, stuff like that happens in everywhere across the country all the time. No, it doesn't. It's only—it's le- outlawed in 38 states. No, no. I'm saying the idea of additional votes being reported later—the boop that change elections—happens every district everywhere. I like guess that isn't weird. No, maybe no, the that way is it, weird. No, it isn't. It happens everywhere. No, no, it it has
0: happened at some point everywhere, yes. Yes. But like Al Franken winning by 200 votes in a 2 million vote election. Hey, pretty sus, but. With two boxes of ballots taken in from supposedly... Uh, like a a a, Som- a a a predominantly Somali refugee area. But what
1: does that matter? Is Al Franken big in Somalia? Like, what does it have to do with anything? Uh, uh,
0: no, but like, did, did he do the, a couple the falsifiable sets in nature, <laughs> like, like, that doesn't scream voter fraud to you. That, no. that Oh, all of a sudden, just we just found the ballots he needed. Like, it doesn't scream voter fraud. That like. You can literally have interns go out and take people's empty absentee ballots in California, fill them out, and then hand them to uh, the—and put them in the ballot box for you, filled out the way you want. Oh, and they can also take Republicans' ballots and say, I'm going to deliver this for you. And if they see that they don't like the way the person voted, just throw it in the trash. That that doesn't that doesn't smack of obvious voter fraud. A twelve-year-old. I literally pull out. don't care
1: about that. Literally don't well, care. I care. I don't care about your dumb partisan games. No, no, it's not what, dumb
0: partisan games. It's about election integrity. People have to trust the elections, or else we end up feeling about our presidents like the third world feels about their presidents. I've lived in Argentina. I've lived in the places. Where election fraud happens and people don't trust their leaders. And so it's, that's it's what you feel toxic. About,
1: that's how you feel about every elected official in this country. No,
0: I've, I've never felt in my life that you couldn't trust elections until the past two election cycles. And, and, and it's a marked difference. I remember when I served down there for two years that there was a sign. For one of the guys that was running, and his campaign slogan was, Yo no soy corrupto, which literally means, I'm not a corrupt politician. Like it's so bad down there. You can actually just have white letters on a black background that say, I am not corrupt. And people think, Oh, I'll give this guy a shot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just so blatant down there. And so Mexico's got really transparent elections, actually. They've totally ratcheted down on it, you know, on, on, on what they do. But apparently we haven't. Because you as a party can just design an app with buddies getting FEC funds that they're really not supposed to get because that's uh, at best soft corruption. And then when it doesn't work, nobody goes to jail. The, the winner you prefer can just declare that they won. And you can't tell me that the Iowa established didn't want,
1: establishment didn't want the Midwestern well, and boy also who, to oh, win. Like you said, of the people who were behind some of the app shenanigans, who was the one to just boldly declare they had won? Who was the one that is showing as winning with 70% reporting?
0: No, exactly. And 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 who's the one in the Banana Republic that shuts down the elections uh, when there's still four hours left saying, Oh, oh, Dictador Vachaderas de la Vega is ahead by so much... The people of Venezuela have chosen already. It's an insurmountable gap. Therefore, we are closing elections and entering another glorious four years of this dictator. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like we're literally living just a painted version of the distrust that, that people have in third world countries of their elected officials and their elections in slow motion with a tie-on
1: um, draped in the flag. <laughs> okay, well, how about this? Your boy over here in LA, Shank, running for our very own 25th District, just uh-huh. released a press release, or Shank, I always pronounce his name wrong. No chunky offense. Chunky Yogurt. I just call him Chunky Yogurt. <laughs> Cardon means defense. I don't. I just don't want to pronounce his name. Anyway... Uh, Healy Suppressly saying this. After Iowa caucus disaster, county officials and media must educate voters on new LA County voting system flaw. This is actually driving me crazy if this is what he's saying is true. And what's sad is I've read, I think LA Times read an article about this as well. I thought it was funny. I pulled this up as you you were talking. Listen to this. LA County's new voting system will require voters to use a device that does not include all the candidates running for office on a single page. Instead, voters must select the more button at the bottom of the screen to view additional candidates. If voters press if voters press the next button instead, voters will not see all the candidates available. Voters are not required to scroll through all the candidates before moving on to the next part of the ballot. Which, you know, that's one thing. This was interesting, though. This new system disproportionately favors candidates who appear on the first page, which I would guess. However, it appears that in a lawsuit filed against the city of Beverly Hills, or by the city of Beverly Hills against LA County, they ran a pilot in Long Beach and found that you had about a 6 to 12 point bump from being on that first page. So again, like you said, there's part. When I say I don't trust elections, I don't necessarily think that I mean that there's some, that there's some, uh, they're calling the Teamsters to bring in a truck of votes. What I think, what they mean by, I think we have. No, they're doing both. In California, they passed AB 1921
0: because they recognized that they had trouble in in, in district. Honestly, because Republicans vote on time on election day and or with uh, voter um with uh, mail-in ballots and that the more that they could extend early voting and the more that they could extend um they've actually extended it beyond the deadline like now you can actually there, there's no more election day you literally could turn in a ballot a week later you know what I'm saying which means if you don't like the effects of an election like we've already had election day then all of a sudden all the interns of in your campaign can go out and lobby for all the people that didn't vote that And then turn it in. It's like we don't get to do that on tax day. (laughs) We don't get to do that on mortgage day. You know, there's a reason why election day is election day because there's strategies involved. There's so on and so forth. But now literally in these Democrat predominant places, election fraud has just become
1: a thing they do out in the open now. Election fraud is not a partisan thing. Election fraud exists everywhere and every. Before, In my adult lifetime. Oh my god, I don't care about your adult lifetime. Okay, <laughs> spare me. All right, election <laughs> fraud happens everywhere, all the time, with everyone. That's why it doesn't. What bothers me more than seeing because, Really? Here's the thing. I I guarantee you, every single campaign has D- bad what faith about actors real who want to lie Oh, okay, every but campaign has bad hold faith actors. No, no, we're not gonna hold on. In California, no, not gonna hold on. It's we my gave... turn. It's my turn. Hold on, I'm gonna hold on okay. right now. Okay, what we're gonna talk about is this what you're talking about is giving a moan about the fact that Democrats you brought up the word yourself there is strategy to the rules you don't like them it's it's it's, it's, it's what I'm hearing is I'm hearing yeah. the same the same kvetching I heard from people about it's not fair Hillary won the popular vote okay that's not the rules man it doesn't matter kvetching. it doesn't matter what you call fair okay what I'm saying is this we're talking about what we're seeing here releasing 71% of the votes I don't even care about interference but election interference is this they're not they're not screwing with the Iowa caucus they're screwing with how we perceive what's happening that's what it is, man. That's what bothers me. I don't care about a, I don't care about Tony and the Teamsters box of votes. That's one thing. But what I care about is when they do stuff like this, when they have a media cycle going out telling people people just won Iowa. Probably, maybe we don't know yet. Bloomberg, will hey, he, There's give Bloomberg three credit. people within striking
0: yeah. distance. Yeah. Bloomberg
1: yeah. at least says that he holds the lead in delayed Iowa caucus with Sanders second. They at least mentioned Bernie Sanders. Because the thing that's going on here is that mm-hmm. they are trying to tell us what happened, even though it hasn't happened yet. They're saying Pete Buttigieg is probably going to win Iowa because we released, like I said, roughly a little over two-thirds of the votes. Well, it's good. I'm glad he's winning with two-thirds of the votes. Yeah, but, but also if two-thirds
0: out- of those votes are rural, they're going to favor Pete Buttigieg, whereas if they're urban, they're obviously going to favor, favor Bernie Sanders. And if they're in a college town, you better believe they're going to favor Bernie Sanders, even Yang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, how about, I think I'm achieving a pull, pull So up. when you're up ahead by only a single digits- Okay, and, and, and we have thirty percent more of these precincts to report, you can't be making
1: claims like that. Can if we, we were within two percent, sure. Actually that's the one I was looking for. But no yeah, my point being is like you were saying, it's they, they are trying to they're trying to manufacture momentum. And that's what bothers me, man. Because, dude, we could get into individual counties' irresponsibility. Hey, you know who seems to always have a problem getting their votes done correctly? Broward County. Don't ask me why. But for whatever reason, like everything (laughs) in the world, Broward County can't get their votes done correctly. The lady with better hair than Bernie Sanders? I'm not (laughs) as interested in individual districts and errors in voting or disagreements you have with the legitimacy of certain structures of the campaign. What bothers me is seeing the Iowa Democrats blow it. They blew it. They, They completely screwed this. They got it wrong from in the beginning they had the response that was incorrectly so what happens people demand answers they demand results well guess what we don't have it's been days and we don't have them so what do they do well, yeah and the- they rush out 71 percent and guess what i guess people just won iowa are we going to find out no does it really matter in the end of the day who gets one percent of these delegates probably not but guess what Pete judge won iowa he's going to take that to the bank on the debate stage that we talked about we won iowa and it doesn't matter who won it anymore he did he won there's a you know it's a, there's a, there's one of my favorite movies uh, it's a it's a court movie, and there's a part where somebody says something and they say strike that from the record and somebody turns to a veteran lawyer and says well, how can the jury strike that from yeah, yeah it's, how can yeah. the jury forget what they heard they can't we're not going to forget that Pete Buttigieg won Iowa even yeah. if it comes out he didn't. He did. That's that is what happened. And and becomes, so that's what drives me crazy. That's the kind of election interference and corruption and distrust of institutions that drives me crazy. Like I said, some local county, some local county blowing. It's one thing, but this is what this is what I can't stand. Man. Yeah. Well. Also, it it incentivizes
0: people that are better at lying. Pete Buttigieg does not have a statistical. Scientific I mean for being a dude that claims I'm a science denier this bro had zero scientific reason To be able to go out and say I won, Iowa Okay, he didn't have verified data. He didn't have peer-reviewed anything Okay, he had a bunch of pre captains that said I'm pretty sure we won Okay, and we've got internal data that's good and who knows maybe that data was good But the reality is you can't go out. You can't do that and say I won but just like I said on caucus night on the live stream. You can pull it up. I'm not you already replayed it last video. I'm not going to make us replay it again here. But I said if I were a smart politician right now I would go out and claim victory just because I know that the news cycle the next two or three days will be dominated by Super Bowl then dominated by um, sorry not Super Bowl. Uh, be dominated by State of the Union address and then dominated by uh, responses to it and so on and so forth, that right now tonight is the night where you get the attention. So go out and declare it because when there is no winner, there's actually five winners. So really the first person to declare it is the winner. You know what I'm saying? The first person to declare it is the winner. Who's the greatest boxer of all time? Muhammad Ali? No. Sorry. Two out of three times, Smoke and Joe Frazier beat him. Okay, but he's still called the greatest, even though in two out of three fights, smoking Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali. But for some reason, Smoking Joe Frazier is called second best. Why? Because he was quiet, more demure. You know what I'm saying? Didn't go out there and make a holler and a stink about it.
1: You're a big boxing fan, man. <laughs> yeah, Smoking Joe Frazier beat him two out of three times, right?
0: What, am I wrong? Crap, did I just say something totally bogus? No, you're right. No, Muhammad
1: Ali only fought three times. That's why people thought he was great. No, he, he went I'm one saying— and, He went one and two against the guy, and then no. Like, yes, come hey, no, on, I'm but I'm saying
0: them. out of those two out of three fights, it's difficult to claim that you're the best when there's somebody that two out of three times beats you who is also considered a, a contemporaneous rival. But
1: Tom Brady lost like three Super Bowls. No one's saying he isn't the best. Sorry. That, 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 that doesn't hold okay, Look, that doesn't it's fine.
0: You, know, you, know, you just don't like my analogy, Doug. You don't, at the end of the, fine, I'll choose a different one. I'll choose a different one. No, please, no, no more analogies, please. Fine, fine. we 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 don't need analogies. All I'm saying is that the system that they're creating, instead of incentivizing people acting in good faith to try and get media headlines in an early voting state, they're incentivizing a system that pays off corrupt deals and people willing to make unscientific claims of victory that are unverifiable, which is inherently dishonest. It's incentivizing dishonesty. Just like income tax incentivizes dishonesty. When it was passed, there was a famous senator that said, we just made liars out of 99% of America. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's going to lie about how much money they make in order to try and pay less taxes. So when you introduce an income tax instead of a consumption tax, you introduce a dishonest relationship between a citizen and its government. Well, when you have a system like the Iowa Democratic Party has created, you introduce an element where people willing to engage in dishonesty or half truths will excel above those that aren't
1: yeah. and well to be fair i have to i'll have to give him credit as we are recording this, they have updated to seventy five percent of precincts. So Hey, dude, they got more um, done in the past and, hour than and, they did in the past two days. And you'll never guess. Uh, people <laughs> who judge are still winning. So like I mean it's like I said, they're yeah, going within
0: a margin of error. Look at yeah, that. Four forty two no, to four thirteen.
1: That's, that's what I mean. They haven't finished yet. I wonder what it'll look like when all hundred are out. <laughs> But like I said, by the time all 100 percent of the, or, you know, ninety-seven point eight, ninety-eight point eight, whenever they get to that point where they feel confident, by to the call way, it, Cody, I wonder what is going to have happened if we've already had a New Hampshire vote and a debate. When that happens, doesn't matter. Pete won Iowa. Doesn't even matter where the delegates go. It's now 1%. tell me this. I got a
0: question for you. In your mind, would it confirm corruption and fraud if? all of a sudden it shows that actually Bernie Sanders won. Because we have to ask ourselves, why was 61% the magical number at which you would release data? Could it be that maybe the Iowa Democratic Party Wanted Pete Buttigieg to be able to claim that news cycle. Yes, that's so exactly at what I think, the yes. 61 threshold, when they said, wow, that's a lot and he's still ahead, but we know once these districts come in, and it's actually going to be Sanders, we should report now so he can claim the news cycle, get the donations. He's our boy. We got to push cool. him forward. I'll go
1: one step further. They have 100%. They just haven't released 100%. <laughs> they released the 75 they wanted out. It, look at anything, man. Take anything that's like a, a, a you need the whole 100% of any picture to understand, like a vote, right? Yes, dude, you could just look. We're, we're Bernie's best districts. Boom. One, two, three, four, five, gone. What do you know? Pete's winning. We saw this happen. Like You know what was funny? I was actually joking about this on the night when they had the caucus. We saw this happen with the Daily Coast, the Daily Cost, whatever it was. They had a poll. And they had the article, that really bizarre article. We, by the way, we have to finalize the pronunciation of that. Well, I believe I believe it's I believe it's short of the name Marcos, so I believe it'd be Coast. But I've always seen that spelled as Kos or something like Cosm. Anyway, moving on. What we saw them do, and this is I'm not saying them to point them out, but I'm saying this is the thing people do to 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 screw with numbers. They said, "Well, if you remove the out the uh, the Andrew Yang votes, Elizabeth Warren wins with this many votes." Yeah. They're saying, "Well, if you remove these districts, and we just look at like seventy, yeah. like maybe maybe three fifths of the election here, uh, it looks like it's better for X candidate." And that's that is what drives me crazy. It's the fact that I don't trust that they are. I 100% believe they have at least 15, 25%. Like, they're probably at that 90, 97, 98% plus reporting. They know what's going on, and they're just not releasing it. And I don't know why. Because I refuse to believe this many days later. Dude, some, one of the people, I get there's like a 1,000 of these individual caucuses. Somebody had the bright idea. This genius said, why don't you just take a picture of our, our, our results and physically drive there? No offense, but Iowa isn't the size of Texas. I mean, you could drive a you could drive to the headquarters of the for maybe in a couple hours. I'm assuming what? If, if I'm assuming the headquarters are probably somewhat centrally located, right? So that's why. But point being is like Well, in, in places that have them. Yeah. yeah. But some people did get through on the phones. And even if they have to verify it, I don't believe this is I don't believe they're giving us all the numbers they have. They're giving us the numbers they want us to see. Which are these? And it drives me crazy. And it doesn't make any sense that. It doesn't make any sense that this is going to be... Here's the thing, man. The primary season is the Democrat Party's first pitch to voters because you have to get people who are not just, I register Democrat, vote Democrat. I register Republican, vote Republican. Those are going to vote for you. You don't have to worry too much. You want them to come. But the people you have to court over, you have to make the pitch across the country, this was the Democrat Party's first pitch to voters who weren't Democrats in 2016. Come out into our primaries. They're absolute clown shows and we're probably going to lie to you. Hey, well, one more thing. I want. I want to. Do I have this uh, pulled up? Oh, please don't tell me I close this. There's. Oh, I think I. I wanted to show the coin toss. And, and, like we're. Like I was saying before, I admit it's kind of hypocritical. I'm saying I don't care about one individual county's one individual impropriety because it's just going to happen always. You can't stop people from being liars, cheaters, and trying to steal. But some of the stuff we saw. I mean, Pete Buttigieg. Here we go. Pete Buttigieg won multiple coin tosses by the way that'll be a good one when all the data comes out I want to see how many uh, state delegates were awarded the Pete Buttigieg on coin toss or county delegates but check this out this is this video I think is so telling of this coin toss by the way anyone ever seen a human being toss a coin like that before this is what people think of these elections they're just a joke man it's it's a fraud we're gonna flip a coin yeah no we're not it's heads get out of here we're going to release the results. No, we're not. We're just won. Leave. We don't care. Who cares against the delegates? And that—that that is what I think about this stuff. It's just, it's performative at a certain point, and it's really starting to frustrate people. And, like, as someone like me who's not just, like, going to show up and vote for any party for any particular reason, I pay attention to things like this. And I say, it's, you know, its it's like when you walk into someone's house, you don't, like, maybe start openly saying things, but you say, man, you live like this? Like, that's what I look like. I'm looking at Democrats like... The DNC, I'm like, man, you guys run elections like this? Like this is this is what you are this is what you're offering? And no. I don't know, man. It's, this is the kind of and stuff. And we're
0: supposed to trust you with our health care.
1: With, anything. My, yeah, I with wouldn't, anything. I wouldn't trust anything with my dog for the afternoon. Are you kidding me? Like this is this is the kind of stuff where it's frustrating to me just from like, oh wow. I thought people were supposed to have this handled. I thought serious people who weren't morons were doing their job. But hey, joke's on me. That's not what's happening over there. And I don't know. It's just it, it, it's gotten more and more and more frustrating. But the good news is, guess what? We all got to go back to ignoring Iowa in a few days because I am so done with that party's politics. Like, I mean, that, that state's uh
0: that Oh, we can focus politics. on our election Holy fraud?
1: Cow. Not even election fraud. Just, hey, you know, Iowa got their time in the sun. No offense, people who live in Iowa, but the Iowa Democrats, the IDP, I believe, Iowa Democratic Party, guess what? You got your news cycle. Hope you're happy, right? Yeah. Ho- hope you enjoyed probably the last first time people vote in that state in a primary and for probably a while. Because I can't imagine why anybody, the Democratic part, the DNC can't afford to have this happen again. So guess what? They're probably losing this first, this this honor, so to speak. You know, good riddance. You think they will, though? I don't think so. I will. I will campaign for it. I'll campaign on behalf. I'll fly to Illinois. I'll fly to Illinois and give speeches about why Illinois should then be voting who first the in anti- the state. do the
0: anti-Republicans vote for and focus on? We live in an era of negative partisanship. No, you live in an era of negative partisanship. You live in a world of negative partisanship. This is scientifically verifiable data. If you study the electorate, we live in an era of negative partisanship. Okay. And yeah, we can just focus on our own here because, uh, you know, it's not just what uh, Jank noticed with the more versus the next button. They actually, quote, accidentally made it so when you file for your real ID, you know how in California we're eight years behind the rest of the country and we always got the vouchers where we didn't have to have the, the FAA-approved real ID? Well, they finally required for by October of 2020 that we have the real ID. Yeah, well, when you register for the real ID, do you know who you automatically get registered as? A Democrat. Not as an independent, not as accidentally as a Green Party or a Libertarian person. They found that they were accidentally registering everybody that re-registered for a real ID over their old ID because we have a motor voter state, which means you're automatically registered to vote once you go get your driver's license. Um they uh yeah, you just got automatically re registered as Democrat. No, no fraud here, dog. Yeah, you can tell me a Republican state that's happened in. Yeah, oh, it's also the same state that had uh ballot harvesting, A B nineteen twenty one. Um, and look, so on and here, so look, forth.
1: People say that I'm too naive. I, I To me, criminal <laughs> stupidity should be prosecuted. I don't think I'm naive in this. People, these people shouldn't be... The, I think some of these people shouldn't have driver's licenses, man. It scares me They're on the roads and say how incompetent these people are. Well, see. It's Like fun- I said, dude, I don't think these people are... I don't, I don't believe in the great Satan. I believe in the great moron. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we're seeing all across these elections right now. <laughs> I don't now. believe in the great Satan. I believe in the great
0: moron. <laughs> that's funny. You know, the, the only thing I'll say before we end here is I actually feel kind of sorry for this kid With his coin toss, he's getting lambasted All over the internet, but who knows Maybe he's just like the first timer I mean, who knows, the kid could be in junior high and maybe he's never done a, 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 a coin toss. And he really doesn't know how it goes. <laughs> you know, hey, he's you surrounded what. by a bunch of old party what. people if that are trying to include him. If this him.
1: wasn't a joke and this wasn't a show, then he wouldn't be doing it because adults would be taking it seriously. Clearly, yes. No one takes this seriously. Some kid who, by the way, I believe the story is he came with his father. I think he is in like high school or middle school and he's interested in politics and I think he's like a pizza porter. But guess what? If we took this seriously, he wouldn't be doing this. Okay.
0: Yes. An adult should have stepped in like that girl in the blazer with the green shirt should have said, oh, hold on a second. Second, honey, that wasn't valid. Here we're going to show you how to do this. (laughs) Cut, take two. You know what I'm saying? Somebody should have said take two. All right. So, anyway, let us know what you guys think. If there's any additional information, please make sure that you tag us on Twitter at PSP Radio One. If you want to contribute to the channel, please consider joining. You get all kinds of cool member benefits, including behind the scenes content. We just released a behind the scenes video, um, a studio tour yesterday for all members. So check that out if you guys are interested. This is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video.